Welcome to the Taylor Careers Podcast. I'm Shannon Sanford, career and business strategist. I coach driven individuals how to find their calling through clarity and confidence coaching, along with the help of my wonderfully supportive network of professionals. My mission is to bridge the gap between the unknown, uncertainty, and unfulfillment into a passionately rewarding career. Whether you are struggling to choose the right path, thinking of transitioning into a new role, or are interested in personal development, this podcast is for you. Join me weekly as I interview a variety of professionals to hear their stories, gain expert advice and insights from these career-driven guests to help you position your future for success within your own personal journey to your tailored career. Hello, friends. Today, I'm welcoming Jeanette Sinto, a clinical research nurse in Chicago, Illinois. In our chat ahead, we'll be discussing her career path, what it's like working in the healthcare industry, and challenges she's overcome throughout this tough year. Jeanette and I were both living in Charlotte at the time is where we met and we connected actually at a meetup group and have stayed, you know, really good friends and supporting each other in both our personal and professional journeys. So here to share her story is my good friend, Jeanette. First off, how have you been? Hi, good. You know, just hanging in there with all the craziness of 2020. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I feel like it's the start of everyone's conversation at this point. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. It's across the board. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. So if you could just share with our listeners um, your story, how you got to where you are today and your career path. Sure. Um, So I've had a very long and tumultuous road to where I am today. Um, Hindsight, I'm really grateful for all the pitfalls because it made me appreciate where I am. Um, But being in the midst of the chaos, obviously, was extremely challenging. So the path to where I am today, I graduated from Salve Regina University uh, with my BSN in May of 2014. I sat for my boards in early July And I failed. I was caught completely off guard. I had done well all throughout school. And um, the ATI, which is a standardized test that I had to take throughout nursing school, predicted that I had a uh, 98% chance of passing on the first try. And yet, here I was. I had a lot of stressful and complicated things happening in my personal life, which I do believe contributed to me, you know, failing my boards. Um, But ultimately, I was devastated. Uh, Growing up, I was the type of person that knew exactly what I wanted, where I wanted to be. And now this wrench was just like thrown into the plan. It took me a while to muster up the confidence to sit for them again. I ended up taking a prep course and then sat for them again around November of that same year. And I was still not in a good mindset. um, So ultimately, I ended up failing the second time. At this point in time, I, I just couldn't manage to sit for them again. I just wasn't in the mental place. Uh, my self-confidence was just like decimated. To be honest, I was like, a, I was lost for a little while. I had, had to go back to the basics. I had to think of like, what did I want to do? Um, I knew that I wanted to help people. That's, you know, why I wanted to become a nurse in the first place. And I knew that I wanted to travel. And now that I had just graduated college. I needed it to cost nothing because I was now poor and, you know, college graduate. Yes, living that post-college <laughs> life. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Great place to be. So during my last semester of college, one of my good friends mentioned a program called AmeriCorps. At the time, I didn't really think much of it, but something in my mind kind of flitted to that distant memory at my wallet. So I did my research, uh, looked up the program, and I ended up applying and was accepted um, into that program. So I served a 
10-month term in AmeriCorps uh, National Civilian Community Corps pilot program with FEMA, which is the Federal Emergency Management Agency. In this program, I got to travel across the country with a team of eight other individuals and um, helped with emergency management and disaster preparedness. This ended up being the best 10 months of my life. I learned a lot. I met a lot of amazing people. And at the end of the day, it helped restore my confidence and relit that fire in me. Program was only 10 months long. So afterward, I ended up kind of being in the same position of kind of what's next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I ended up moving to Charlotte, North Carolina, where I met you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I ended up taking a position uh, with a small private clinical research company um, as a clinical research coordinator, because at the time, you know, I still hadn't passed my boards, I didn't have my RN, so I started as a coordinator. Um, I dove into the world of clinical research. I got to help manage studies. I got to travel to and attend investigator meetings. Um, It really was a great experience. And so I stayed with that company for about two years. At the tail end of 2017, Hurricanes Harvey, Irma, and Maria hit the United States. And that was completely devastating time and something that really hadn't happened before. And so as a result, FEMA reached out to FEMA Corps alumni, and um, they wanted us to join as reservists in the field to help with the aftermath of these hurricanes. And so even though I really enjoyed my time in clinical research, I was like, you know what, this could be a really good opportunity for me. So I left the world of clinical research and joined FEMA as a reserve. I went through all the training and was ready to hit the ground running. But once again, best laid plans often go awry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, and by the time I was done, <laughs> really practicing that resiliency muscle. Just all right, what's next? Oh, <laughs> I am the most resilient person. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so by the time I was done with my training, uh, they weren't sending many new people out into the field. And so as a result, I wasn't working, which also meant I wasn't making money. So I hung on to hope for a little while, but eventually I had to find other work. Mm-hmm. At this time, I was already looking into the possibility of taking the boards again. Um, You know, I had a lot of time on my hands and I knew that it would open more doors for me. So I started to study for them in the summer of 2018. And for work, I started as a clinic operations liaison for a health and wellness company based in Charlotte. Essentially, I was the middlewoman between the clinics that the company had out in the field and the contacts that they had at corporate. It was a great company and the work was still health related. But at the end of the day, I was really there until I figured out my next big move career wise. Yeah. And so I scheduled my boards for December of 2018 and really didn't put any pressure on myself this time around. I knew I'd been away from nursing for about four years. And so I was planning on using this to try it as like a landmark. I could see how I did and then tailor my study habits based on the results. I also knew I had test anxiety. And so I went I went to the doctor and was prescribed something for anxiety. Um, which I definitely suggest if you have test anxiety. So I sat for my boards around Christmas that year and I ended up passing. Yay! Um, (laughs) Yes, I know. I was ecstatic because I kind of finally beat that demon that weighed me down all those years. Um, I proved to myself that I was good enough and smart enough and that I could do it. So I ended up moving to uh, the Washington, D.C. area and started working as a hematology oncology nurse in a hospital. Um, I kind of dove into that bedside world and quickly found out that it wasn't for me. It was extremely rewarding, but also very, very sad and draining, um, just given the population that I was working with. What was the the age range range of your patients? So um, it did kind of vary. We did see some people as young as 18 years old. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but the majority were, you know, an older population, I would say probably 50s up. Okay. Um, and yeah, and towards the end of my time on that floor, um, it almost ended up being like a, like a hospice floor almost just because it got to the point where so many people were just kind of at that point and, um, you know, they couldn't make it to either home where they wanted to, you know, spend the rest of their days or to a hospice center. So they ended up passing away on the floor. Oh, that's so, so tough. I can't imagine yeah. being in that environment. Yeah, it was extremely tough. And then, you know, COVID happened and um, they would transfer us onto COVID units and stuff like that as well. So that was another completely different draining <laughs> type of experience. Yeah, nonetheless, it was it was definitely a uh, learning learning experience. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Try to put yeah. a positive spin on it. You know, you're always learning something, even though it could be a uh, horrible or really difficult situation to go through in the time, I do truly believe that there's always something to be learned from each of these experiences we go through. Right, exactly, exactly. So I definitely don't regret it. I, I literally have taken away so many different skill sets. But um, yeah, definitely not, not for me. So after that, I got my year of bedside nursing under my belt, and I decided to move on. Um, my boyfriend and I were planning on moving to Chicago. And this was around November of 2019. And so we started to put our plans into motion in about a week or so after we told our apartment complex in DC, in DC that we weren't going to renew our lease. The world shut down due to the pandemic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> timing is just insane. <laughs> yeah, timing timing's important and it just doesn't seem to always be on my side. So we did end up moving, but it definitely wasn't the seamless type of move that you would hope for. Um, So you moved the week of the shutdown. Basically, we moved in mid-May. And so when we got here in Chicago, like nothing was open. Literally nothing was open. (laughs) You're in this fun, amazing, large city and you can't experience half the things that are you know, so cool that you're unique to Chicago and tourist types of areas and you will eventually, I'm sure, but (laughs) hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. And yeah, that was, that was the tough part too. Um, But on top of like the whole, you know, social aspect of things, you know, HR was not getting back to me for like all of the job applications that I've been putting out there. And so, I mean, you know, everyone's working from home, everything, all the processes are, you know, were basically stopped. And so I ended up finding a, uh, a contracted position at the Chicago Department of Public Health as an immunization nurse. So I helped immunize kids and adults in underprivileged areas. And I also got to help out with the flu clinics once it became flu season. Um, also very good experience. Yeah, so around September, um, I was approached by a different contracting company. They found my resume on LinkedIn and they ended up offering me the job that I'm currently in right now. Um, So I'm a clinical research nurse with Northwestern University. I mostly focus on lymphoma trials, specifically ones that use CAR T-cell therapy. And so, um, I mean, that's where I am today. Uh, All in all, my path has been anything but conventional, but here I am on the other side of chaos, uh, here to talk about my journey with all of you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well... I, I love that you've had different experiences in, so yes, you've been in healthcare for a while, but you've had such different experiences kind of in yoursing from bedside, you know, a little bit of COVID and um, even in FEMA too. I mean, you were, you were still kind of the emergency management. So even though it's not necessarily was a nursing role, you were still helping people in that kind of emergency state and how do we get 
you know, to a better place? How do we get these people help? I guess my first question, kind of even going back to your FEMA days, speaking mm-hmm. of, can you, what was, what was it like? I mean, what was it like to travel? And that's such a different role. And I don't think a lot of people necessarily know about that opportunity. So what, yeah, what was your experience like within FEMA? So within FEMA, and this was FEMA core. Um, so it was a 10 month program for individuals who were, I believe, 18 to 24. Um, and it was team based. So I got to travel across the United States with um, a team of eight other individuals, and we just got to help in those communities. So some of, I guess, the the projects that I worked on um, in Utah, we did earthquake shelter surveys. Um, so we would go to different, I guess, community buildings like schools or rec centers, et cetera. And we would um, measure like their largest areas to see how many people they could accommodate. Um, you know, see how many bathrooms they had, if they had any, you know, facilities for, you know, hygiene, like showers and stuff like that. Um, and we would put it all into the database. So we did things like that all the way to like, we did work on some active disasters. Uh, we were in Austin, Texas for a few months and we helped because they had some flooding, which they usually do experience, unfortunately, every year. But that was kind of more office based. I ended up being on the public affairs team. And so I was helping like kind of plan the congressional tour and like answering any questions that um, people in the field had. So it did kind of vary, um, you know, our team was kind of a, a mix of different roles. And so everyone on my team was doing something different, even though we were usually in the same location. Um, but it was a great experience. I wouldn't have traded that experience for anything in the world. It's still something that I look back on with fond memories. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like it's probably one of those once in a lifetime opportunities, you know, you take advantage of it. And really experienced some pretty cool things. And I'm sure you met a lot of great people along the way and Mm -hmm. was able to help, you know, a population that was was suffering or truly needed your help at the time, which is incredibly rewarding. Yes, definitely rewarding. Great. Okay. So getting back to your current role, can you describe a typical day in the life of what you do as a clinical research nurse? Sure. Um, So I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm fairly (laughs) new in the role. Um, However, I do have a broad idea since I do have experience um, as a clinical research coordinator. Um, The role is both administrative and hands-on. So I do still get to see patients, whether it be in the clinic or um, if they are admitted, I'll, I'll see them in the hospital setting as well. And I usually see them at different time points that are specified in the study protocol. Um, to do different questionnaires or study specific procedures with them. And then behind the scenes, I am helping to pre-screen patients for different trials. I'm doing a lot of paperwork that helps facilitate the studies and make sure that time points and procedures are scheduled on time per the protocol. And then attending lots of Zoom meetings, you know, just because that's uh, that's the world of corporate. So that's, Yes, that's, <laughs> I mean, in a lot of different jobs right now, that's kind of the name of the game. You have meetings yeah. and your your new face to face is is virtual, which is pretty interesting. Oh, exactly. <laughs> awesome. So what do you find most enjoyable about your career? At the end of the day, I still just love helping people. Um, you know, whether I was working bedside, whether I was with FEMA or doing what I'm doing now, it's really just kind of that fact that I get to help others that keeps me going. Um, yeah. It really doesn't matter kind of like what the role you're doing, but just as long as, you know, I'm helping somebody, it, it, it makes me get through my day. Yeah, that's so great. Um, so what major challenges now I know 2020 has had you've 
had a lot of challenges and we've kind of talked about some of those prior, but specifically this year, what, you know, can you talk about some of the challenges and how have you been able to overcome those specifically within your work environment? Yeah, sure. So with the educational journey aside, because that in and of itself is challenging, sure, um, yeah. I think yeah, I think the major challenges are making sure you don't submit to compassion fatigue and general burnout. Mm. Yeah, that's a really, really big one in the nursing field. It's learning when to pump the brakes on and focus on self-care. Um, and that kind of goes back with um, like, you know, stepping away from bedside for me. Anyways, I, I knew that I was getting that burnout, even though it was only a year. Um, you know, I was like, you know, losing weight, I was, you know, stressed all the time, I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't eating properly. And so I knew that this just wasn't for me, and I had to step away from it. And I think it's important to realize if and when that happens, you know, doing something about it. Another major challenge is working with a lot of different personalities. I mean, working with them in the sense of, you know, other people in the healthcare field, but also your patients. You know, yep. you're going to come across a lot of different personalities, a lot of walks of life, and you have to be able to communicate with them and, and you know, advocate for them if, if it's your patient, even if you don't always agree with, you know, what they want. And then lastly, it's finding that inner strength and confidence to be the best at your job and to advocate for your patients. Um, I think it's hard, and especially when you first get into the field, to have that confidence because... That might even mean like respectfully telling someone who is over you, meaning like a doctor, PA, you know, someone in a higher position mm -hmm. that something isn't right or something isn't accurate. And that, you know, takes some time and it really takes that confidence. Right. To say, you know, I want to advocate for this person, this patient, this is how I feel. And these are my, you know, like, these are my feelings towards it. I don't want to over override you and, you know, overstep my boundaries. But at the same time, you do have to really step into your role and advocate. Right, exactly. And and we see that more than ever. I didn't firsthand have to like experience this, but you know, with patients not being able to have their loved ones, you know, at bedside with them or anything like that, like they definitely need an advocate. And as a nurse, like you are their advocate. You know, you know their their desires and you know what they want ultimately with their care. And so you have to follow through with that. Yeah, for sure. So we talked about some challenges. In your opinion, what are some either personality traits or characteristics from a personality perspective would make for a good nurse? Uh, someone who's definitely organized, um, you know, time management is so important um, in nursing, whether it's bedside, clinical, it, honestly, any type of nursing, um, being organized and having good time management is key. Good communicator, because like I said, you're going to have to communicate with both the team you're working with and your patients and their families. Having that empathy and compassion is extremely important. And also, once again, realizing if you're being, if you have compassion fatigue, you know, stepping away and being like, you know, maybe I'm not being the best advocate right now because I'm, I'm exhausted. You know, my compassion is exhausted. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And then lastly, detail oriented, you ultimately are like the last person who's either giving the medication or, you know, doing X, Y, and Z. And so you need to be extremely detail oriented and make sure that you're giving the correct dose, uh, giving it to the correct patient, um, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Being very meticulous about those details for sure. Exactly. So what do you do personally when you feel that you have that compassion fatigue? What, what are some of your go-to fixes? 
definitely talking about it um, helps, whether it be, you know, professional help or, you know, just your loved ones, obviously not giving any personal, you know, patient identifiers or anything like that, but still just like unloading your day and unloading the type of day you had and like why it was hard and, you know, just, just being able to have a safe place to talk about those things. Yeah. Um, yeah self-care too you know if you like to exercise if you like yoga if you like whatever like just make sure you're doing those things and you make time for those things you know otherwise you know you're not making time for yourself you're not making time for the things that you love and and that'll ultimately affect your work in the long run right no I think that's important honestly in any role is not working too much and having that good work-life balance whether it is a more compassionate role or not you truly have to set aside time and do things that will balance out and lessen your stress level for sure. Exactly. Exactly. So what is one overarching tip or piece of advice you'd give to someone looking to become a nurse? So it is definitely a long, hard road, but in the end, it is worth it. And it is worth it as long as you always keep in mind why you started. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I also want to let people know, like, it's okay to carve a new path for yourself. You know, be a trailblazer. If things don't work out the way that you planned, you know, don't let fear or the thought that things need to happen a certain way in a certain order stop you from thinking outside the box when it comes to your career and life in general. Because getting from point A to point B, you know, isn't always straightforward. (laughs) You know, as you can see from my story, like, you know, just things cannot, things might not go right or things might not go your way. And um, sometimes the in-between end up being like the best experiences of your life. So just kind of go with the flow and don't be so hard on yourself. I wish I knew that, you know, before. <laughs> <laughs> I know I definitely have to to reiterate that to myself as well. I think everyone could use that piece of advice and yeah, just really give, give ourselves some grace at times when we can be particularly hard on ourselves. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So last question I've got for you today is sure. kind of just off the wall. If you could choose any other career and this could be any, anything you'd like, what would you be doing and why? Um, well, since I really love to help people, um, I would love to be some sort of social entrepreneur. I've always wanted to establish a business. I know we've talked about this a lot. Well, yeah, always we're always on entrepreneurial friendship. I love it. <laughs> always. Um, but I've always wanted to establish a business that would help solve a social issue. Um, and so the business structure that I've always been intrigued with is the buy one, give one model that the founder of Tom's had. So I'm like always thinking of like, oh, mm-hmm. like, you know, what can I do? Like, what kind of thing can I sell or service can I sell to like, you know, help the greater good? So it's something that's lived in the back of my mind for years. And so, you know, maybe one of these days it'll come into fruition. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we may see Jeanette on Shark Tank. Who knows? <laughs> uh, yeah. I love Shark Tank. So yeah, I love it. Okay. Well, again, thank you so much for joining in today. I know I learned a lot about just not only your background, but you know, some, some challenges and how to overcome them and tips and tricks too. And I know our, our listeners are appreciative of that as well as myself. So thanks again for joining. I really appreciate your time. Yes, absolutely. That's a wrap for today's interview. I hope you were encouraged today and learned something new in this conversation. Check out more episodes on the Tailored Careers podcast, where we deep dive into a variety of jobs each week by chatting with carefully selected experts in their field. I encourage all of you to listen to a career or industry you are unfamiliar with. You just never know what may spark your interest or inspire you. 
Feel free to check out more insights and inspiration on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at at tailoredcareers. As always, thanks so much for listening. Stay inspired, my friends.